In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a catch. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. And this episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our partners over at Prize Picks. Yeah, that's right. Prize Picks is back, and what a weekend we have on deck to get active on Prize Picks. All you have to do is go to prizepicks.com or download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code PUNT, and you get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. The NFL playoffs start on Saturday. Of course, the college football playoff national championship game is on Monday night. NBA basketball is back in full swing. College basketball, PGA Tour golf. I won an entry on PGA Tour Golf just last night. They're out in Hawaii. Great to watch on TV. Go to prizepicks.com. Download the Prize Picks app, and all you have to do is select two, three, or four players and guess if they will go over or under their fantasy point projections. It is that simple. Monday night, how much action do we have on the field? Mac Jones, Heisman winner, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Justin Fields, Chris Olave, Alabama against Ohio State is going to be amazing, and it is a perfect time to get active on prize picks. Aaron and I, of course, are going to talk about who our favorite picks are later on in the show, but go to prizepicks.com, download the prize picks app, use the promo code PUNT, you get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit. Up to $100. Prize picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market. You can win 10x real cash on any entry and the best part is there's no sharks no optimizers or mass multi-entries it's just you versus the projection go to pricepicks.com use the promo code punt download that prize picks app and you get a 100 deposit match on your first deposit up to 100 we are wrapping up season four of punt and pass we're going to preview the college football playoff national championship game all the news around college football and there is a ton so stay tuned. we got a great episode of Punt and Pass coming up. Here we go. All right, here we go. Be sure to follow us on social media. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 And head on over to puntandpass.com. It's the best website in college football. I keep saying it. That's because... It's the truth. It's got our YouTube page. Everywhere the podcast is distributed, our blog, our merchandise store, our picks. It's got it all. Puntandpass.com. Aaron, huge weekend. Obviously, we're rounding out season four of Punt and Pass, which is just unbelievable to think. Of course, we will do a review show after the national championship game, but we're getting ready for the national championship of this crazy 2020 season, Alabama against Ohio State. That, of course, is Monday night. So much news breaking around the world of college football as well. The NFL playoffs start. We can touch on that, but um, I want to start with something, and it happened yesterday. It's really kind of been happening over the past few days, but my Twitter, people just start hitting my Twitter, and it has to do with you, some further vindication on your initial um, thought process on Jeremy Pruitt becoming the Tennessee head coach. Dude, there is smoke on Rocky Top. I don't know what's going to happen. It seems like he very well may be on his way out. There is an investigation going down on how they recruited Amarius Mims, who signed with Georgia. They have put a freeze on extending or hiring any new coaches. Um, Doesn't really look good. And Paul Feinbaum owes you yet another apology. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's smoke or the other word I like to use right there is there's a freeze warning. Uh, <laughs> thank you once again for that that one uh, for for my broadcast when I covered the Tennessee Florida game. It's um, yeah, it, this this could be the perfect excuse for Tennessee to to get rid of Jeremy Pruitt and and you know when they gave him that extension early on the season, you're kind of like man, like what 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 was the point of that like. Why not wait to the end of the season? It's not like he was on the last year of his contract and needed the extension right now. Like, why not let this thing play out, play an entire season, see what the team looks like in year three under Jeremy Pruitt, and then make a decision. Hey, it's a good year. Let's give him an extension. It's not a good year. We'll either get rid of him or just keep the, the, yeah. the contract as it is right now. So I just think they were – they jumped the gun a little bit there, and now they're kind of real like, damn, man, we're giving this dude a lot of money, and we have not, we haven't seen anything. This is the same team he inherited. Yeah, it, it may even actually be a little bit worse. Honestly, it's just not a good football team. And when I look at the roster, when I covered them a few weeks ago, and and I kind of anticipate what they're going to look like in in 2021 year, I don't see it getting much better. I really don't. You know, they could benefit from the fact that the SEC East is not going to be great. I mean, South Carolina is going to be rebuilding, Vanderbilt rebuilding, Missouri. I anticipate to be better under you know year two under Eli Drinkwich. Florida will take a step backwards. Um, is it enough for, for Tennessee to take advantage? I don't think so. Obviously, Georgia, I think, is going to dominate and run away with the East. But, you know, when it comes to them playing their rivals, I, I don't think it's going to get any better. And that's the problem. They're, they're stuck right now. And I just don't know if Jeremy Pruitt's the guy to get him out of it. Also really interesting, the fact that um, someone that you and I both know, Will Friend, who yeah. was the offensive line coach for Tennessee, bolted after the season went to south carolina and then after you know i think it was yesterday him and, and coach bobo have then you know left south carolina and now at auburn so the fact that will got away was with was with bobo left bobo to go be with pruitt supposedly yeah. his better buddy yeah they're all they're all good buddies but wanted to go coach with pruitt because i believe they were they were um college roommates, roommates? yeah i think yeah, that's right yeah so the fact that he left pruitt to me, he's kind of signaling even more like, hey, there's some, some I wouldn't say shady, but some weird stuff going on there at Rocky Top. And, and I just don't, I'm waiting any moment now. Like I'm literally just every day, every hour looking through my text, waiting to see a text saying, hey, Jeremy Pruitt is out at Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, this is a compliance inquiry that's been going on since December. Their starting running back had to sit out the Texas A&M game because he was being investigated by their internal staff that they hired to do this and I don't know if you have any scoop if you do please tell me because what I've read and this is all hearsay all rumors that I've seen on message boards that I've seen on social media is that supposedly on a recruiting trip Amarius Mims was given a credit card they went to a strip club obviously there was a paper trail those things aren't quite allowed so, you know, they have the opportunity to go back and see these things and say that's an impermissible benefit to a recruit. You can't do that. I'm sure other guys were with them. You know, guilt by association is certainly a way to do that. But it is an in-depth inquiry. Um, and they've put an entire freeze, as you like to say, pun intended for sure, on hiring new coaches. They've got three vacancies on their staff. On extending the contracts of current coaches, which they probably need to do to signal some sort of of calmness throughout the program and Jeremy Pruitt is just sitting there like a lame duck and you would have to think to your point Aaron if Tennessee is going to make a change this is your excuse to do it clean slate you know we made a mistake by giving him the contract extension things aren't what they thought they would be and you have to think it would happen but you need to do it with somebody who's willing to take the job I would hope that boosters alumni and undercover search committee is doing their due diligence right now to find out if we fire Jeremy Pruitt. And even if there are NCAA sanctions that come down the pipe, will you X, Y, or Z take the Tennessee job? They cannot afford to go through a circus like they did a couple of years ago. They need to find some sort of stability. Most importantly, they need to find some energy for this program because when you look at the SEC East next year, surely Georgia, of course, keeps getting good news on players returning. Most importantly, JT Daniels, of course, the quarterback. As of right now, you know, I think he looked okay in the Peach Bowl. The offensive line looked like trash. As of right now, he will be the starting quarterback. Interested to see how Brock Vandergriff comes in and does his thing. But Georgia's QB position is not a big question mark like it was most of the season in 2020. SEC East seems like it's Georgia's to lose. 
you got to have a little bit more energy around some of these other programs, most notably Tennessee, because my buddy Tony Morelli is a huge Tennessee fan, and I keep telling him, you are the quintessential Tennessee fan. You think Tennessee is a top five program in America. You think you should go 10-2 every single season. You think that any coach would want to come in and take that job. It is a high-profile job, but as of right now, man, they need some new blood. And Phil Fulmer, this is your opportunity to start with a clean slate. And like Aaron Murray said three summers ago, I'm not sure if Jeremy Pruitt is the CEO mold that it takes to be a successful head coach in the SEC. Paul Feinbaum absolutely took a dump on you. I called him out right afterwards. Callers have been calling in over the years saying Aaron Murray was right. Now people are on my Twitter saying, Feinbaum, you owe Aaron an apology, and he does. He owes you a damn apology because he was dead-ass wrong, and he went personal attacks on you, which is what you just can't do. I just don't get why he was so personal with the whole thing. He was so personal. First off, I'm sorry I just noticed this right now, but I love uh, the little baby in your golf bag behind you. Um, That's uh, – yeah, Jackie gave me that. That's Bridget and Kara. Can you see that right there? Can you see I, it? I can see Kara. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. Yeah. I got one of those for, for baby medic somewhere Absolutely. in my bookshelf. But, yeah, man, I just don't get why he went so personal on me. Um, he was like, who also- is Aaron Murray? And what is he doing now? I was like, excuse me? What does that even mean? He's always been salty to me for some reason. I'm going to go back to my senior year when we played LSU. He was just ragging me left and right. I'm like, who the hell is this little twig of a human being who's never sniffed a jockstrap in his life, you know, talking trash about football right now? So, you know how I feel about fine ball. Um, but well, that's, that's, that's for another podcast, <laughs> another time. Uh, we'll see, man. I think I, I, I mean, I, I agree with you say when, when it comes to fans of Tennessee, they think that they're a Tennessee. It's the same thing with Auburn. Auburn fans, I've been saying it. They think that they well, should, are, at least they've uh, won a national title in the last, you know, 15 true. years. It is true, but they think they should be where Alabama is. Yeah. You know, competing for SC championships every single year in the playoffs every single year. That that's not who you are. You are Tennessee, Auburn. Um, what you are is a eight on a, on a good year, eight, nine win team, you know, seven, eight, nine. On a really good year, you know, every four years, you're 10, 11, yeah. maybe 12, and you're in an SC championship game. That, yeah. That's who you are. You're not a consistent every single year, you know, fighting to get into the playoffs. That's just not your, your thing. So I think first thing first, you know, you need to lower expectations a little bit, not to the Jeremy Pruitt level of low. Um, but I, it's something needs to be done. Because like I said, when you look at that roster right now, I just don't think I don't think it's going to get better. Um, so you either fire him now or you fire him at the end of next season. Yeah. You choose. Uh, No, I totally agree with you. So we'll see. And and did you have any scoop on the situation going down? I mean, I know it's all rumors and hearsay about the Mims situation. It's all rumors and, yeah, all the stuff that's kind of on – the news feeds and on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And then staying in the SEC with more coaching news, Coach Bobo. Now, look, here's a crazy thing. Coach Bobo was retained at South Carolina to continue to be the offensive coordinator. Shane Beamer, of course, was hired as the head coach. They paid Will Muschamp a gigantic buyout. They had just hired Coach Bobo. I think Shane Beamer was stuck with Coach Bobo. Of course, they would never say that. Beamer came out and said, when I got the job, even if Mike wasn't here, he would have been my first call for offensive coordinator. Just last week, December 29th, Aaron, Coach Bobo's salary for 2021 was approved by the Board of Trustees at South Carolina. $1.2 million. You're sitting there going, okay, sounds good. Beamer, Bobo, South Carolina kind of finding their groove, getting things under control with this new regime. Then Brian Harson takes the Auburn job, and rumors start to circulate that he is targeting Mike Bobo to be his offensive coordinator. So Bobo, of course, was your offensive coordinator at Georgia. Love Coach Bobo. What a great guy. Went to go be the head coach at Colorado State. Was there for five or six seasons. Then he was the offensive coordinator at South Carolina when when Will Muschamp got fired. Of course, he was the interim head coach. Retained as offensive coordinator. Now he made the move. He is the offensive coordinator at Auburn. Under Brian Harson and Aaron, I would assume these guys have a ton of respect for each other after battling in the Mountain West year after year. Coach Bobo also brought Coach Friend with him. Friend, as you mentioned in that Tennessee segment, had gone from Tennessee to South Carolina. Now he's going to Auburn with Coach Bobo from South Carolina. And 
Derek Mason, the former Vanderbilt head coach, who's a great defensive coordinator, that's what got him the Vanderbilt head coaching job, is the defensive coordinator at Auburn. So Brian Harson, I think a lot of people kind of scratch their heads when they made that decision to make him the head coach. These are two really good hires in my mind. Of course, I'm a little bit biased towards Coach Bobo. I think Derek Mason's a fantastic hire on the defensive side of the ball. Why did Bobo leave? One, I think job security, right? I mean, going to Auburn, I'm sure he's going to get paid around the same, maybe even a little bit more. They did, of course, pay a bunch for Gus Malzahn to leave as well in his buyout. But you're going to get four years. You're going to get four to five years, and you can recruit much better talent to Auburn than South Carolina. Coach Bobo is a hell of a recruiter. I think his system with Brian Harson as the head coach works better in Auburn than it did at South Carolina. And quite frankly, good for him for noticing the situation and getting out of of Dodge in Columbia. Oh, yeah. Auburn's a a way better situation when it comes to, one, the talent that they're going to be able to recruit. The talent's already there. Um, And and, and also being around an experienced head coach right now. I mean, good luck to South Carolina, but Harson's a proven winner. I know it's the Mountain West, but dudes won multiple, you know, multiple championships there, um, and and it's just been known as one a good head coach, a very good head coach, and two an offense coordinator. Does that translate from Mountain West to SEC? Time will tell, but at least he has the experience of being the CEO of a football team. The hires are phenomenal. I'll give him that because yeah. the, the, my biggest question mark with with Harson was, yes, I know you're a good head coach. Uh, yes, I know you're a good offensive mind. Can you recruit in the SEC? Can you go to these schools and do the players know you? Do the coaches know you? You need to bring in some SEC blood around you when it comes to the coaching staff. And to bring in Bobo, who is is SEC, SEC through and through, grew up, played in it, coached in it. Yep. Everyone knows Bobo. And then you said Derek Mason, phenomenal defensive mind. A guy that obviously people know him, You know, not the, the most successful head coach, but a guy that, that he goes in somewhere to recruit some players on the defense side of the football. Coaches and players know who he is. Um, and then also you have two coaches now in your staff that have, that had, that have been head coaches that you can bounce ideas off of. So I think it's a phenomenal staff. I love the staff. I love the hires. I want to see who's going to be calling plays on the offense because Harson was calling the plays at Boise State. So I don't know if he's going to be giving up the play calling to Bobo, if it's going to be shared, what that offense is going to look like. I think it's going to be a mixture of both because I know a lot of South, you know, not South Carolina, but a lot of Auburn fans, when, when they heard the news, you know, when I was talking to Cole Kublik yesterday, they're like, oh, my goodness, we're going to go back to 21 personnel. So two backs, one tight end, old school football, pounded out, that kind of thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. First off, Bobo knows how to play to his 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 talent. He knows For how sure. to play personnel, go to Colorado State, even, you know, this year at South Carolina. When Shy Smith was healthy and those receivers were rolling, a lot more 11 personnel, a lot more spread offense. When those guys were banged up, he had to go to more of a 21 personnel. So I think the mixture of him and Harson, you're going to continue to see the same stuff that you're used to seeing at, at Auburn. So don't be scared that you're going to be, like I said, going to the, the old-time football here. And I think another big winner of this whole situation um, is the quarterback, Bo Nix. He Huge. Brian Harson, who's former quarterback, offensive mind. Mike Bobo, for, former quarterback, offensive mind. He now has two guys. They're going to be able to train him and get him right for his third season. So if I'm in, I'm looking at my chops because, I mean, I go back to my recruiting. One of the main reasons why I committed to Georgia is because I knew I would have Coach Rick and Mike Bobo, a head coach and offensive coordinator that both played the position, that, that both coached the position, know it really well, and we're going to take my game to the next level. So if I'm Bo Nix, I'm like, come on, give it to me. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to grind and hopefully turn this into a really successful junior season. Yeah, there's no question. And and I could understand Auburn fans at first glance thinking that they're going to go back to that old school style of offense. But look at how Bobo evolved even during his time at Georgia. I mean, Georgia was scoring over 40 points per game. He evolves with the personnel that he has, and that's all you can ask for a coach. I think it's a good situation for him. Um, I'm not saying Auburn's going to win 11 games and beat Alabama next year, but they've got the talent. They know how to recruit. I would look forward to see how this entire staff and situation at Auburn unfolds it's it's all really exciting um in other news it's award season it's kind of crazy because it's all been wrapped up done virtually of course right before the national championship usually this is the first week of december but as you know everything was kind of thrown up in the air Devonte smith won the heisman running away i think that was pretty much expected i was surprised to see trevor lawrence finished in second place i think mac jones was third 
Najee Harris was fourth, and then Justin Fields was fifth. So I tell um, you what, though, you need, it's funny because all this Waddle talk has come out this week about yeah. Waddle possibly playing. And you go to the stats to start the season. I mean, Waddle was the guy. It oh, wasn't I Devontae. know. Yeah. I mean, the stats were Waddle, 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 and and you know Devontae was kind of his Batman to Superman kind of thing, and or excuse me, Robin to Batman kind of mentality there, and um. Yeah, so I'm not. He, he definitely benefited from turning into, into receiver number one. Oh, no question. It's interesting to see at the end of the day, if, if Waddle didn't get hurt, you know, you go and say, you know, Trevor Lawrence is number two guy. I think a lot has to do with the fact that votes were split up with, with Alabama. True. I do think at the end of the day, if Waddle was healthy, I think the, I think the award would have gone to Mac because Devontae wouldn't have been in it. Yeah. All those Alabama votes would have gone to Mac, and I think Mac would have still won it over Trevor at the end of the day. But yeah, Mac. He was the best player in the country. He, he he stepped up when Waddle went down. Yep. And he has been nothing short of excellent. Best receiver, best talent, been doing his thing on special teams as well. So big congrats to him, man. Well, well deserved. Yeah, no question. And you bring up a fantastic point. If Waddle would have stayed healthy, Mac would have spread the love more. Najee, Waddle, Devontae Smith, therefore showing his dominance, not so much highlighting just one person like Devontae had been all season. He probably would have won the award. So I don't think Mac Jones really cares about that. He did win the Davey O'Brien Award, which goes to the nation's top quarterback. And get this, okay? I've been saying for the past probably month now that I think 2020 Alabama is better than 2019 LSU. And that will be really told if they win the national championship game. But last night, the College Football Awards show was on. And listen to how many individual awards Alabama won. Of course, Devontae Smith won the Heisman. He also won the Walter Camp Player of the Year Award. He also won the Maxwell Award, which goes to the top player in the nation. He also won the Bolitnikoff Award, which goes to the top wide receiver in college football. Like I just said, Mac Jones won the Davey O'Brien Award. That goes to the nation's top quarterback. Alex Leatherwood won the Outland Award, which goes to the nation's best interior lineman. He's a stud. I think he's a guard, right? For Alabama, an absolute freak. Najee Harris won the Doak Walker Award. That, of course, goes to the nation's top running back. Landon Dickerson won the Remington Award. That, of course, goes to the nation's top center. The Alabama offensive line won the Joe Moore Award, which goes to the nation's best offensive line. I mean, they ran the board. The only thing they didn't win was the Mackey Award because Kyle Pitts won it as the nation's top tight end. I do think, and I can say this from experience, when you have a great team, the individual awards follow. If you yes. go 12-0 and and win 11 straight SEC games, a lot of guys are going to be All-Americans. If you have players who are performing at an extremely high level and you kick ass every week, they're probably going to win individual awards. But this seemingly clean sweep from Alabama tells me again, I think this team is better than 2019 LSU, and I think they will beat Ohio State. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit when we break down the national championship game. But, Aaron, that's insane. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine awards went to Alabama last night. Crazy. I don't think that's ever happened before. This is, I'm with you, though. I mean, I think we both have agreed with this for a long time that, you know, if you put those two teams on the same field, you know, 19 LSU and 20 Alabama. I'd put my money on Alabama. Yeah. I would put neutral site. I'd put my money on Alabama to win that football game. You know, obviously they have to finish it off. They have to beat Ohio State if we do want to continue this conversation of they are better than what we saw from last year. Because last year's LSU team was special. Don't get me wrong. From from Burrow to that offense, the explosion, the receivers, Clyde Edwards. Um, that was a special team, 15-0 and 0, to go from the, the start. Some of those games versus Texas. Obviously the win versus Alabama. The playoffs, the national championship. They were a dominant team. I still think Alabama's better because their defense is a little bit better. I think offense is similar page. Um, I just think defensively, while Alabama's not elite on that side of the football, I would still take Alabama's defense this year over Alabama's defense, or excuse me, um, LSU's defense last year. And I think Alabama's special teams is better too. When you got Waddle yeah, healthy, sure. Devontae, and kickoff and punt return, I would take those special teams as well, that third part of the, you know, third part of the game. I totally agree. Um, and, and and again, this discussion, this opinion will be solidified after Monday night, seeing what happens in the college football playoff national championship game. 
Okay. One more thing here that I want to talk about. I think you and I can bring a pretty interesting insight on this specific situation because it's going to be a hot topic of debate among people in the Atlanta area, among Georgia fans, when they watch the game on Monday night. I heard this on 680 The Fan this morning. Brian Finneran, obviously Falcons legend, great radio host, said that a lot of his Georgia friends, a lot of his friends that are Georgia fans, hate Justin Fields. Okay, now I don't think necessarily that's the general sentiment among the majority of Georgia fans. I did a Twitter poll earlier in the season when Kyle Trask was absolutely running roughshod over every competition before Florida lost three straight games. And I said, Georgia fans, who would you rather not win the Heisman Trophy, Kyle Trask or Justin Fields? You can ask it the opposite way. Who would you rather have win the Heisman Trophy? And the majority said Justin Fields. You know, you don't want a Florida quarterback to win the Heisman Trophy. I think the hatred towards Justin Fields is overplayed among Georgia fans. It's kind of like when you get on Twitter, right? You scroll Twitter, all you see is negativity, all you see is crazy people, all you see is absolutely insane stuff being spewed. Like when I put out my Clay Travis, Justin Fields, Donald Trump tweet the other week that got tons of of engagements. Here's the thing. 99% of people are pretty normal. And I think 99, 95% of Georgia fans will probably be rooting for Justin Fields. Like, hey, you know what? It didn't work out at Georgia. Let's break this down, Aaron, because one of our listeners, Rob, who's a great follower of Punt and Pass, he said he wants to hear from us before the narrative gets spun out of control on Monday Break down the fields from Kirby situation, what happened, why it happened, because there's rumors galore. Obviously, we know how he got immediate eligibility, but you said it from day one, okay? Jake Fromm took Georgia to a national championship game. They were beating Alabama. They lost on an unbelievable play in one of the greatest games of all time. The next year, Fields still came to Georgia. How in the hell is Kirby just going to give the team to an incoming true freshman, Justin Fields? That was never going to happen. So, Aaron, please take this away with your quarterback expertise. Well, and what did I tell you? I mean, after that, you know, after Georgia won the SEC championship game that December, Dan Mullen got the job at Florida. And I said on this podcast, I said, Field should switch and go to Florida. Yeah. There's no way he's going to, to, to be the starting quarterback at Georgia while Jake Fromm is still on campus. I mean, it's just the kid was an ultimate leader. I'm going to Fromm here. Ultimate leader, made guys around him better. Was he Is he more talented than Justin Fields? No. But as a quarterback, that's not your only job. Your job is to make sure those 10 guys around you also play at a, at a better, higher level. And that's yeah. what Jake did. Jake made everyone around him better because he knew how to put them in the right situation. Not saying Fields couldn't do that. And obviously, we're seeing Fields do that now. But Fromm proved so much to me his freshman year when he took over for Easton where I'm like, why are you going to come here? You know, even if you, if, if you do commit and you walk on campus, you're not going to be given the starting job. You're going to be giving limited reps. You're going to see the playing field, just not as much as you want to play. So, as I say, going back to December, I think I thought he should have flipped and gone to Florida. He would have started right away. Yeah. And I think Florida would have had a chance to, to have won a national championship right now. You <laughs> yeah. Fields on that roster with Dan Mullen and, and, and some of those skill guys with Pitts. Oh, my Tony, goodness. Tony, I mean, it'd be insane. Yeah. Tony, it'd be insane what they'd be doing this year at Florida. So, guys, I think, I think more of the – uh, blame needs to be on fields of, of his decision and thinking that he was going to overtake his initial Trump. decision to come to Georgia. his initial decision. Hundred percent. I am perfectly fine with him leaving. I, I, I'm not mad. At, I'm a Georgia fan. I think Georgia fans should shouldn't be mad either. The kid wants to play. The kid yeah. wants to be a starter. I'm sure you know heading into a second year, uh, Kirby Smart was saying, "Okay, listen, we're going to get you more snaps. We're going to give you a quarter. We're going to give you Packages, six sessions, yeah. whatever it is." But as a competitor. And, and and as talented as Justin Fields is, I, I wouldn't want that either. I would say, no, I want to be the starter. Yeah. I, I, I've, 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 show, I've shown my worth during the freshman year in limited time, but I'm ready to take that next step. And if it's not here, then it's going to be somewhere else. So I'm not mad at him for leaving. I thought it was a smart decision. Once again, I don't think he should have committed to Georgia in the first place. I just thought it was unrealistic to think, like you said and I've said before, that he would overtake – a guy that just took you to a national championship and did everything 
that he needed to do to be the starting quarterback at Georgia. Yeah, I mean, if Kirby just threw Jake Fromm to the side, first off, it would have been self-sabotage. It would have been coaching and career suicide. Recruits in the future would have been like, what the hell? This guy just took you to a national championship game. Then you're just throwing him to the wolves because a five-star came in and everybody was clamoring for him to get some playing time. And to the Georgia fans who don't like Justin Fields or or hold a grudge against Justin Fields or think Kirby botched the situation. What do you want Coach Smart to do? Stop recruiting five stars? Yeah, exactly. What do you want Coach Smart to do? Say, hey, um, no open competitions on my team. Whoever started last year is going to start next year, and we're just going to go forward like that. Kirby Smart comes from the Nick Saban regime, where every single year it is seemingly a clean sweep. He will say next year, during spring practice, heading into the fall, quarterback is an open competition. JT did a great job last year. Brock has tons of talent. Quarterback is an open position. He will say it, so get used to it. What do you want him to say? Hey, you know what? We actually told Brock Vandergriff to go to Florida. We've got our quarterback for next year. We might just start recruiting three- and four-star players for some developmental reasons. I don't think anybody is to blame here. And if you're one of the Georgia fans who hates Justin Fields for having success at Ohio State, you probably knew he was going to have success wherever he went if you watched him at Harrison High School. Keep in mind, he was committed to Penn State in the beginning. Kirby got him to flip to Georgia for whatever reason. He must have loved Georgia that much. He must have loved Kirby Smart that much. He stuck with it after Jake Fromm was one play away from winning a national championship at Georgia and probably literally never having to work again in the state of Georgia, being a legend, ending a 35-plus year drought. He still came to Georgia because he's a competitor, because he wanted to play. And when he saw that he wasn't going to be the starter, I don't blame him for looking elsewhere. Now, you can make whatever assessment you want about how he got immediate eligibility. You can make whatever assessment you want about why he went to Ohio State. Look, I'm not an Ohio State fan. And you knew he was going to have tons of success when he got paired with Ryan Day and all that talent at Ohio State. But it's nobody's fault. So I think saying the majority of Georgia fans hate Justin Fields is wildly inaccurate. And I think nobody is to blame for the Fields from Kirby Smart, you know, love triangle, if you want to call it that. It's how those things happen. And for better or worse, Georgia's in a situation now where they're still recruiting five-star quarterbacks, and this past year was just an anomaly, I'm, I'm afraid to say. Listen, you have to you have to get used to it now, and you know, especially with a lot more power moving to the players and the fact that you can easily transfer and for sure uh, be able to play, that you're going to continue to see big four or five-star guys come on a campus not get their way, think that they should be starting as a freshman, and then want to transfer and, and move on somewhere else and, and, and try their luck elsewhere. Yep. So this is – Justin was kind of the, the beginning of this. I'm telling you, you're going to continue – I swear every day I pull up my, my news feed on ESPN, and it's just like, oh, so-and-so has entered, entered the transfer portal. So-and-so. It's like every single – it's like it's, – it's, it's free agency. That's I mean, look it at – It is turned into free agency, and it's, it's going to continue to get worse and worse for, for fans who – have followed these kids in high school, these devoted fans, like, oh, my God, look at all these four- and five-star guys we got committed as a junior and senior. They get on campus. Like I said, they don't they don't like the way things are going, and then, boom, they're moving on after that first season. Yeah, there's going to be a rule change. Obviously, everybody has immediate eligibility next year in the NCAA. Um, I was talking with Clint Bowling about it just a few days ago. Clint's been a guest host when Aaron can't do punt and pass, and he said what would probably make the most sense, because if you're a pro player like you and I are, It sucks when you see a situation like Tom Herman leaving, Sark leaving. You know, coaches can do whatever the hell they want, and the the players are said, oh, you're stuck. Fine with it. Maybe there's a – hey, once you're on campus in one place for two years, you can transfer without um, having to lose your eligibility. Right? It's like maybe you you have the student-athlete stay at one place for a, a minimum amount of time. And then they can transfer. But look at Eric Gilbert, the tight end from LSU. He was the number nine ranked prospect just a year ago in the entire nation from Marietta High School right here in Georgia. He's in the transfer portal. I mean, that's legitimate free agency. You don't blame the kid. He's saying he's homesick, whatever. Roddy Nabolsi over at UGA Sports thinks Georgia's going to get him. I mean, that would be unbelievable. So it's just a crazy situation. I, I, I would be fine with I would be fine with one free go. Like you get one free transfer. Regardless of when it is. Regardless of when it is. 
And if you want to do it a second time, then you got to sit out unless, unless you are then at that point, a grad transfer. I still think grad transfers, no matter what, you should be able to play the next year. You got your degree, move on, be able to play one last season, but one free go. Um, that way we don't have to worry about all the exceptions to the rule. I think that's the thing that drives a lot of fans crazy and drives me crazy is, okay, why did that person get the ability to play this year? And, and this person did it when I feel like their reason is, is better than the other person's reason. Just it's an absolute headache. One free pass, you get to go, but just know that if you want to do this again, no matter what the situation is, we don't care. We do yeah. not care what yeah. the situation is. You have to sit out for that that second one and done. I like that. You know, one and done with free eligibility. You know, I I, I do. I like that. But I I think everybody's just rooting for a good game Monday night, especially in Georgia land. I mean, Devontae Smith was once committed to Georgia. So, I mean, you could hate everybody if you wanted to to look at it that way. And, And I saw a fantastic quote from Steve Spurrier. And I've met Coach Spurrier numerous times. Hilarious guy. Always super nice and personable. He loves to shit on Georgia whenever he gets a chance. And they were asking him about Devontae Smith, Aaron, and he was like, well, you know, Devontae Smith, just nobody knew who he was. And then that national championship game against Georgia, man, he caught that ball that beat Georgia in overtime, and Georgia was in cover two, and they looked off the safety and caught the safety in bad coverage and threw Devontae. I mean, he just took a dump on Georgia by giving props to Devontae Smith. So that was funny. All right, let's get into this thing. College football playoff national championship game coming up on Monday night. Of course, it's at 8 p.m. on ESPN, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida. Before we tell you how the game's going to go, let's talk about prize picks. What an awesome weekend for prize picks we have on deck. The NFL playoffs start Saturday afternoon. College basketball and NBA is in full swing, of course. PGA Tour golf. Okay, I talked about this in the open. I won an entry on PGA Tour golf last night. They're out in Hawaii. You know, sitting there watching the TV, beautiful setting in Kapalua, and Prize Picks made it even better. So download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code PUNT, you get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. Check out PrizePicks.com. They got all the players up on the board right now, Aaron, and the numbers are massive. First things first, okay? The total for this game is 75 points for a national championship game. That seems insane. I mean, hashtag 2020. Hashtag 2021. That's crazy. Expecting 75 points in a national championship game. Let's go down the list. Starting with Mac Jones. Over under 30 fantasy points. That's a ton. Woo-wee. Golly, that is a ton of points. Um, I'm going to go over, especially if Waddle's in the game and he has the ability. Yeah. You're going to see some more one-on-one matchups with Devontae. You may get Waddle matched up one-on-one. Uh, I'm going to go over. I think Sark is ready to just unleash all the beasts in this game. And yeah. just, hey, I'm leaving in style and heading my way to Texas to be the head coach, and I'm ready to put up a 50-burger in Ohio State. So I think Alabama's coming up guns blazing. Obviously, both teams not not holding back anything. Bring out the entire playbook. Have some fun. Use Waddles a decoy at times to get Devontae matched up one-on-one. I mean, what do you do? When you see Waddle in motion or Waddle in the game, all attention is going to be on him. And you let's have to not respect forget, it. you have the Heisman Trophy winner <laughs> on the other side of the field. Like, what the hell do you do defensively? Oh, and then, hey, you get the best running back in the country <laughs> in the backfield. You yeah. get the best quarterback. Yeah. You get the best offensive line. This offense is going to go berserk. I'm taking the over on freaking everyone. All right, <laughs> so. empty the coffers. I, I agree with you there. I mean, you just talked me into it. Over 30 on Mac Jones. Jalen Waddle is on the board. He's projected 20 fantasy points. He hasn't played all I'll season long. I'll be under Waddle. I just don't know how much he's actually going to get in the game. Yeah. And and what it, what it, what how are they going to use him? Is he going to be more as a decoy? How many snaps is he going to get? It's just. It's hard for me to put a bet on him just because I don't know how healthy and what he's going to look like and the amount of snaps. So I'm, I'm just going to stay away from that yeah. one, honestly. Not even bet on that one. I think that's right. I mean, I think you go under Waddle. At least I will go under Waddle, over Mac Jones 30, under Jalen Waddle 20. Devontae Smith, Heisman winner, 29.5-point fantasy point projection. And look, you have to imagine Ohio State is scheming up anything they possibly can to make sure that they're not caught with Devontae Smith running down the field wide open like he was against Notre Dame. I mean, it's crazy how Sark is able to scheme this guy to get open, and he's that talented of a route runner, and he's that fast, and he's that crafty with his fundamentals. But 29.5 points, I mean, he had that many in the first half last week against Notre Dame. 
Do you go over with Devontae Smith, 29 and a half? I'm going to go under because of Waddle back, too. I do think Waddle is going to, once again, what we talk about, Devontae doesn't win the Heisman if, if Waddle's on the yeah, field. They're going to spread Waddle the love. Was, Waddle was the receiver, you know, receiver number one. He was their guy. So even with Waddle with limited snaps, I mean, we'll, we'll see how many snaps he's in there, but he's going to steal some of those touches. Um, he's going to get some of those bubble easy catches that where it's a catch, that's a point, you get 10 yards, it's two points right there. He's going to steal some of those from Devontae. So, yes, Devontae's going to get his. I just don't think 29 points uh, this week because of the addition of Waddle in the game. Yeah, Najee Harris, Alabama's running back, projected 27 fantasy points. I'll go under here. You saw how Ohio State was really able to neutralize Travis Etienne. Yeah. Clemson's running back a week ago. I think Ohio State has the dudes in the defensive backfield to kind of welcome the threat from Alabama. Just say, hey, we will make you pass against us. They do have a pretty stout defensive line as well. They're going to want to try to pressure Mac Jones. Look, I do see Najee getting some catches out of the backfield, but 27 is way too much. I'll go under Najee Harris. Justin Fields. Coming off an absolutely phenomenal performance against Clemson a week ago, 29.5 fantasy points. You have to think the success of Ohio State lies in his hands Monday night. I actually think that the success, you know, I'll, I'll go over with Justin too. I think he, he he's going to have a good game. Um, actually, mm. well, I know where you're going to go. Trey Sermon is 23.5. See, I would take Trey Sermon. I think Trey Sermon to me is the key for Ohio State. If gotcha. Ohio State's going to make this a football game, Trey Sermon has to go off. He has to dominate. He has to eat up the clock, eat up yardage, do what he's been doing the past two weeks and, and just being an absolute monster. He has been the reason why this offense has exploded uh, and was the reason why, in my mind, they really exploded because now there's the threat of running the football not from Justin Fields. So I think Trey Sermon over. Um, I'll actually go Justin Fields under. I just I, I'm, I'm interested to see how he feels, how that 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 side body feels. Yeah. Once he banged up a little bit too. Um, like I said, I think I think the game plan for 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 Ohio State has to be one slow the game down defensively play more too high defense, allow Alabama to run the football and just hope they screw up along the way. And two, we have to run the ball ourselves and slow the game. No one has slowed the game down versus Alabama. No one has said, hey, we're just going to let you run, 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 run. And and, and if you're going to score, make it four or five minutes. They've just continued to just play single high, play man, yep. and allow Alabama to have all these explosive plays. So I'm hoping Ohio State's a little bit smarter, slows this game down, turns it into a running football game, um, and, and and the way to do that is to get Trey Sermon going early and often. So I'm going to go under Justin Fields. I'm going to go over Trey Sermon. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I do like that. Under Justin Fields, 29.5. Over Trey Sermon, 23.5. And, and I'm going to go under Chris Olave, 20.9 fantasy points. I just think Alabama's Patrick Sertan in the backfield. These guys are going to be ready to rock and roll, knowing that they cannot allow him to get going because that would provide a real threat in losing the game. This game's going to be awesome. Alabama's an eight-point favorite as of right now. Like I said, the total is 75 points. Be sure to go over to prizepicks.com, download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. Let's talk about this game. Okay, Tuesday, there were rumblings that there could be some COVID issues at Ohio State. Um, guys are getting sick. Could they play the game? Would it be moved back a week to January 18th? My favorite thing about this entire um, rumor, hearsay, news headline was Nick Saban's daughter getting on the Twitter machine. God, that was she fantastic. Was Here's she what she said. Quote, if you're not confident to play, then say it. I call BS on the COVID cases. They're just worried about their quarterback and want him to have more time to heal. If he's hurt, put in your backup. You didn't see us postpone the rest of the season to wait for Jalen Waddle. Bye, in all caps, end quote. That was Tuesday at 4.20 p.m. It was immediately deleted, unfortunately. Because you know what? That was the first thing that popped into my mind as well. I was like, come on. Like, how did you have this happen? Clearly, everybody knew the shot Justin Fields took. Was it a cover-up? Of course, that is a conspiracy theory level take. But I'm glad to see that things are going well. Ryan Day said they're fully expecting to play this game on Monday night. Aaron, there's so much talent on the field. It should be a fantastic game. Again, I laugh when I'm going to see on the bottom that Alabama is 12 or 13-0, and and, um, Ohio State has only played seven games. So 
You know what, David? We talk about Justin Fields maybe not ready for this game, but I think if if the game was pushed back, Alabama would have benefited too for Jaylen the fact Waddle. that Watt, yep. Waddle would have had two weeks to get ready there. Absolutely. So, I mean, you worry about then – I mean, what, what do you think is better for this game? Um, a Justin Fields who could or could not be healthy or a Jalen Waddle who could potentially be close to 100% in that football game? So, you know, if I'm Alabama, like, whatever. I mean, if we have to postpone it a week, we have to postpone it a week, we'll get Jalen Waddle ready to go. And you throw him into that offense, they may score 60 points against Ohio State if he's 100%. Yeah, yeah, no, you're totally right. I mean, that's a great point. I want to ask you this before we kind of break down the game. If Alabama struggles on offense or if Ohio State is somehow able to limit their explosiveness, yes or no, post-game, will Nick Saban use Sarkeesian taking the Texas job within the last week and a half as a crutch? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's been it, – listen, Sark has not done anything Texas-related. It's been very focused on this game, as he should. It's a national championship, for goodness sakes. So, you know, they'll slow him down. I mean, that's that, like I said, that's going to be the game plan. I mean, can you just slow this game, um, eliminate the explosives, and just force Alabama to run the football? Um, you know, Alabama's going to – if if Ohio State plays cover two and just says, hey, we're going to take away the pass – Alabama will score. They can yeah. still score every possession. They're just not going to have as many possessions. So you make this game a, 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 you know, a game that's in the 30s rather than in the 40s or 50s, which I think is smart. Um, which, like I said, if, if I'm playing defense, if I'm a coordinator, that's exactly what I want to do. We'll give you 10 play drives. We'll let you run the football. Maybe you fumble it. Maybe Mac tries to force the ball and, and he throws an interception in the red zone. Whatever. That That's a better chance than us going out there and playing man-to-man coverage against Waddle and Devontae thing that we're going to be able to slow down this passing attack. So um, I think it's going to be run, run, run. I, I, to me, I kind of honestly would want to take the under on this game in total. Yeah, 75 is way too many points, I think. I just think that is going to be the mentality for, for both these teams of let's turn this into a running football game and make this a, a 35-28 type, type game. If, if either of us want to win this game, especially Ohio State. If Ohio State wants to win this football game, they can't allow Alabama to get north of 40. I a hundred percent agree with you. And I've gone back and forth on this game. I've done my due diligence. I'm researching. I'm trying to figure out the best angle and how to handicap it and how to talk about it. And I, I cannot talk myself into fading Alabama. I, I really can't. I, I look at the talent on the field. I look at the scheme that Sarkeesian has been able to dial up week in and week out. I keep going back to the fact that Alabama won 11 straight SEC games. It's never been done before. I keep going back to the fact that Alabama averaged 50 points per game. Okay, I do think that Alabama's defense will be able to neutralize Justin Fields and Ohio State. I think they have the advantage in coaching. I think they have the advantage on the offensive side of the ball. Surely 75 points is far too many. Um, I, I just... In this spot, how do you pick against Alabama? I really don't know. Is that a square play? Uh, it, it might be, but I think it will be proven true. I thought this line would open up like 10.5 or 12.5, Aaron. The fact that it opened at 7.5, now it's sitting at 8. I don't know. I, I think too many people are giving Ohio State respect off of what they did just one week ago. You kept what? mentioning it. Look at what they did against Northwestern. Look at what they did against Indiana. It was not very impressive. I mean, literally, maybe a third of their games this year, because it's been such a, a, a short season for them, have not been really impressive. Where yeah. Alabama, you said it, every single game in an all-SEC game, all-SEC schedule has been really damn good. Like, they have proven it over and over and over and over and over again. There's just not enough tape on, on Ohio State for me to feel really comfortable with this team. There's too many times where they've looked average. They look great versus Clemson. Awesome. That's one game they've looked good. That's it. Yep. The rest of this one season, game. To me, this team has not proven to me that they even deserve to be in the playoffs. They took advantage of it. Good for them. They showed up. They played a great game versus Clemson. I just, if you break down all the games this year, there's too many instances where you're like, damn, this team really is not. They're they're good. They're average. They're not elite. But if you watch every game of Alabama this year, you're like, damn, that's one hell of a football team. So. I just have a lot more confidence. Call me an SEC homer. I don't care. I have more confidence when I've watched the entire season of both teams saying that I have more faith that Alabama I know is going to show up to the ballpark yeah. and play an A-plus game. I don't know if Ohio State's going to show up. If we're going to get the Ohio State that played against Clemson 
or if we're going to get the Ohio State that showed up against Indiana, against Northwestern, or a couple of those other games this year where they just look like an, a, a pretty good team. Yeah, yeah. You know what I keep going back to, and I don't want to be this guy. I keep comparing 2020 Alabama to 2019 LSU. Last year, heading into the national championship game, one versus two, LSU versus Clemson, Clemson defending national champion. I'm sitting there going, man, Clemson's definitely going to give these guys a run. Clemson's got great defense. they got tons of talent on offense. And LSU ran him out of the building. I think this is a very similar situation. I think Alabama covers the eight. I think Alabama runs rough shot over Ohio State. I think that the seven-game track record in 2020 is not enough for sit to be, for me to sit here and say they will repeat what they did a week ago against Clemson. Um, I just don't think it's possible. And I, and I really wonder about Justin Fields how those ribs are feeling. Aaron, you talked about it on Monday's podcast. You said, hey, he probably had the adrenaline, the all the cocktail that they gave him, feeling pretty decent. He was hurting Monday and Tuesday. There ain't no doubt. Maybe that COVID, maybe that COVID news did get leaked Tuesday because he walked in and shit. I bet his right side or left side, whatever it was, was black and blue. Um, I got to roll at the tide here. I, I Call me an SEC homer. Call me square. I cannot pick against Alabama Crimson Tide in this spot. Lay the eight. I'll go under 75 as well. Should be a good game, but I think Alabama pulls away. No, I'm with you. I think Alabama pulls away. I'll take them as well. And then, and, and, you know, let's go to the coaching experience too. It's Nick Saban versus day, yeah. you know, and Nick Saban, the greatest coach of all time. Um, been there, done that. This is to me, the best Alabama team I've ever seen. Yeah. And there's been a lot of damn good Alabama teams. This is the best one I, I've ever watched. So I just think they finish it off in style, big win. Um, it's going to be a fun game. I agree. I think it could be an interesting first half, but I'm with you. I think there's too much firepower there on Alabama. They'll pull away uh, there in the second half. All right. Should be an awesome game. Monday night, we, of course, will give you a, a recap show Tuesday or Wednesday, kind of put a bow on this college football season. NFL playoffs are going on as well. Great weekend for football. Great weekend for yeah. life. For life. And if you want to live life to the yeah. fullest – Hey, download the Price Picks app. Go to PricePicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. Again, NFL Wild Card Weekend, College Football Playoff National Championship Game, College Basketball, NBA Basketball, PGA Tour Golf. You can do cross-sport entries. All you have to do is select two, three, or four players, guess that they're going to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and win 10x real cash today. Prize picks at prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT for a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. We love our buddies over at Prize Picks. Anything on the way out, my man? I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, the NFL games, three games a day starting at noon. Dude, it's going to be so um, awesome. Or one, is it one? It's one, one. four, and eight. Yeah, buddy. One, four, eight Eastern. Uh, it's just a beautiful weekend of football. So I think the weather is going to be a little cold, so it's going to be perfect to sit inside. Have a couple cold ones. Yeah, buddy. Eat some uh, some burgers and and watching football. So I'm I'm pumped. Amen. I love it. And if you're doing the same, hit us up on social media at Punt and Pass. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron's at Aaron Murray Eleven. Check out puntandpass.com. We will talk to you next week. See you.